0: to make positive changes together. If you want a sheriff that will work hard for you while maintaining strong moral and ethical values, then I'm your obvious choice on primary Tuesday, June 28th. Thank you very much.
1: Paid for by the committee to elect Gerald Deloche for sheriff.
2: There's a lot of things that need changing. One of them could be your roof. If so, get herringes. This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> The army, where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Blerp, bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit.
1: Real
2: like a Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no!
1: German? Forget it, he's rolling.
0: <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it.
3: Are
1: you running a business or a charity
3: war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh,
1: Yankees win. Pull over.
3: Cell phone, pull it over, turning up and dial it to my fingers
2: Go nice, it's fine Hi, go nice. nice, This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at hey, Five hey, Okay, right, good, right, good, right. Two, okay. Uh, it's a Tuesday, oh, someone's calling me Someone's calling me from Virginia The nerve,
1: the nerve
2: uh, it's almost, it's actually 10 minutes after the hour, we're ready for a show, it's a Tuesday edition, and uh, Do you know I wanted to squeeze in, I was on the uh, hotline show today, uh, I don't even know what we talked about, I, but I was, oh I know, uh, I was shocked that Jeff was actually on the air today, so uh, there you have it, and, and I, earlier, literally, mo- moments before I actually walked by the AIM 1240 studio, assuming, there's that word again, uh, that uh, the January 6th hearings were on again for two straight days. I was mistaken. For some reason or other, they were canceled or postponed. I guess I have enough evidence to prove that Donald Trump should not be our 47th president at a modern-day Grover Cleveland. So I walk by. I see Jeff in here. I say, wow, is Jeff just like so so conditioned to come here at noon? He's here despite the fact that he's not going to go on. There. Then I see him talking, and I realize, oh, my God, he's here doing a show. So I jumped down the air for a little bit, talked, I figured, whichever. Uh, but at, I, I said, geez, uh, just moments earlier, I, I invited you to come on my show because I felt bad that you weren't going to be on your show. Your show has been preempted by Jim Levin, who, by the way, reminded me today, and that's why I came, you know, I, I wanted to tell Jeff. I was going to text him, and then I realized he was here. Uh, uh, Jim Levin uh, reminded me that the president has absolutely nothing to do with gas prices in the economy. Nothing. And he says that I listen and watch Fox News way too much and that I should just, you know, it, it's just like, uh, you know, De Niro telling, uh, you know, uh, Liatta's character in Goodfellas, you, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're that mush, it's making your, you're making your brain mush. This doesn't fit. Take it back. Take it back. So I, I just, oh, my goodness gracious. It's, it's, it, again, how often have you seen any, anyone on the left? on CNN, MSNBC, claim at least that uh, this isn't the president's fault. Joey Pajaro swears by it. So does Whoopi Goldberg. And people say, Clint, don't watch any of that stuff. It's, it's, it's making your mind mush. It is, but it's always good to see what other people are thinking. And Jim, Le- I don't have to watch The View to see what the left is thinking. All I got to do is walk into Jim Levin's office. And he's, he's quite serious about it. Just like if you tuned in, what, two weeks ago now, Uh, Almost to the day, uh, uh, Dave Mance, who started all this years ago, actually he didn't, but nonetheless, he was the owner of this place for a long time, sold it in 2006 after buying it in, I believe, uh, 1987. Uh, Most staunch Republican person I ever met up up to the time when I met him in 90, actually I met him earlier, but I started here in 91, and and Dave was the biggest fan of Rush Limbaugh. He was so proud that Rush Limbaugh was part of his uh, lineup. And a couple of years later, of course, Hannity was added, and he was so proud of that. And was, oh, and then we went to see Rush Limbaugh. He was at uh, the New York Association of Broadcasters meeting when, they, when that actually was, you know, important. Uh, and that, and and I had my picture taken with him. And and then 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 George Bush came in during, you know, of course, nine eleven happened, and George Bush started making moves that Dave didn't approve and. Dave, like so many people like him, you know, and a great man, great father, great community guy. He's a great boss, by the way. Um, he slowly but surely started turning in the other, other direction. Uh, but I didn't know how far he would go. You know, you never know how far people go. You could be a rhino. You could be a, uh, a Romney Republican. You know, there's new ways of putting it. You know, Lynn, Ch- Lynn Cheney, Whatever. Uh, you could you can. In other words, you can remain so-called a Republican and not be part of the whole Trump Republican Party, which, by the way, I think is waning. But I will, I'll get to that in a little bit. But Trump, uh, check that. Uh, uh, Dave Mance came on the air, and, uh, and and Jeff, of course, had the opportunity to ask him questions about the president, what he what what he thought he was doing. Of course, President Biden. And uh, Dave, you know, ba- the, the 1991 Dave would say, "Ah, oh, it's terrible, just terrible. Look at the price of gas. This was two weeks ago. It's gotten worse." Oh, my goodness. What do we going to do with those others, immigrants? They're the legal, Glenn, man. Illegal. But no, it wasn't that way at all. He was like, oh, no, he's doing a great job. So, well, do you think he should run again? Yeah, I think he should run again. And who else do you think he should run? Well, uh, this is Dave, of course. Uh, and then, you know, he didn't know what to say. And, of course, Jeff, being the journalist that he is, had to feed him and say, like, uh, oh, Kamala Harris? Oh, yeah, yeah Kamala Harris. Yeah, she should be great. What about uh, your guy, Beto? Oh, Beto, Beto, rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's gonna take your guns away, uh, Jeff. Man, I don't have guns. Well, if you had, it would be taking them away anyway, right? Seven five five. So that was the conversation two weeks ago, almost verbatim, by the way. And I'm sitting there, just mouth agape, like, "Oh my God!" It's like Santa Claus is all of a sudden it's just converted to Hanukkah. It's like, what happened here? You, what? Beto or rock? Is gonna be. Should, would be a good president? So, again, and not to pick on Dave, and I've said this before. I know I'm somewhat redundant. Dave is an example of a lot of people over the last 20, 30 years. Baby boomer, by the way, friend of yours. I guess if you could shoot pool with an employee, you build him a house. <clears throat> uh, sorry, it's a trigger thing. So, Dave, uh, you know, again, one of many, many people who I've seen in the last 20, 30 years kind of go in the opposite direction. And uh, by the way, this started under George W. Bush because he didn't like how he was handling the Iraqi war. And, and for, for good reason. I can understand that. Uh, things weren't being handled there. Many people died for no reason. It was our, you know, it was another version of Vietnam. Hopefully history will remember that, by the way. We, we have a tendency to forget what just happened last week, not to mention a 20-year war in Iraq and Afghanistan. And by the way, if you listen to Hannity, at nauseum like a lot of you do. He still reminds people that there's 9,000 people still left behind the enemy line. Enemy lines in Afghanistan. Which at this point I'm thinking, you know, I mean, okay, I, I know Afghanistan is a crappy country. And y- people make three dimes a week there or whatever. But at this point, if they're still behind closed door uh, enemy lines, if you will, I think they would have left by now. And yes, it should have been the responsibility of the United States government to do so. But I don't know. Maybe they want to stay there. Maybe, you know, whatever. Now I'm turning into everyone else. Like, you know, yesterday's news, who cares? Who cares? Turn into Joy Behar. So Dave is, a, is, is many people. He lived comfortably. He built a little empire of his own. Uh, you know, he was a very humble guy. Came from humble beginnings from Rochester. Worked in radio, made nothing. Met a guy by the name of uh, Jack Clancy back early on who became an investor in his stations. Bought this place in 87, like I mentioned had a couple other radio stations, built uh, the border st- radio station, also 1027, which he still owns, which is a Canadian station out of Cape Vincent. It's, a, it's an American station pointed at Kingston, and it's done well. So uh, I, here's my thing. Uh, he's had children. He's got grandchildren. I just think that just the same reason why Dave went in such an odd direction, the op- total opposite of where he used to be, I think happens when we get older. And, it, you, know, if you know, if you know people in your life that were like at one point or another, could have been your dad, could have been your mom, they were cranky, may, maybe nothing, you know, they meant well, but, they, you know, they, they, they were authoritarians when it came to being a mother or father. Now, again, I'm talking to a lot of people that are older than me and they can understand this. There was a time when mom and dad, you know, ruled the house with an iron fist. And sometimes it meant, you know, getting slapped, what, you know, wasn't right, but it was a different time. And as those people got older, and their own children had their own children, they got softer. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's to be expected. As you get older, you know you're like that dog that's not going to travel too far from the home anymore. It's like, mm, let's see, I don't know if I want to travel too far. There's coyotes out here. I'm four and a half, and dogs here, dog years. I'm up in my 50s. I shouldn't be hanging out out here. Let's go back to the house. You know what I'm saying? So we get soft, and we start realizing, you know, let's all just get along. But the big reason why someone like Dave and many others is because they're living comfortably. Just like Hollywood people live very, very comfortably. People living uh, off the Beltway. God bless you. You did well in your SATs. You passed the bar exam. You're a Beltway a- attorney. And you're making millions of dollars. God bless you. tight. Uh, so when you have money and security, I think in, in living in, in many cases a gated community, or you don't have any fear of your life, and God bless you for that too, that you just think, you know what, equity is a good thing. And no, no one should have their own guns. You just start living in this world so far apart from the rest of us. And more importantly, from what you used to be, from where your humble beginnings started. I started seeing it in my own family. You know, we came from, trust me, we came from humble beginnings. And I'm not going to sit here and say we, you know, we had an outhouse or whatnot. We just didn't have a lot of money. We just didn't. And over the years, I, I, I get upset with my own brothers and sisters, particularly my sisters, who say, ah, we came from nothing. Our lives sucked. I said, no, it didn't. I wouldn't trade in my life for anything. Anything. And, and a lot of you listening right now are nodding your head. You would, Yes, you had trials and tribulations. Maybe you didn't get along with your sisters. Maybe you didn't like growing up where you did. But it made you who you are today. And without that, you know who we are? We're like millennials. We're, many of them, not all of them, just don't understand the, the value of a dollar because they weren't there. They didn't see it. They, I, I don't know. I remember the times when my mom and dad struggled. I don't want to sound like Sean Hannity. always tells everyone for like six months in his life he worked on a rooftop putting up tiles when he was 19 years old. He says that story all the time. You know, he did well pretty much from the beginning once he started getting into radio gigs down in Alabama. And good for him. But when he starts talking about being a roofer and cleaning tables, shut the hell up. No, you you did that for like three weeks you want to know what, what, what real pain is? Be a city cop in New York City in the worst time ever, making $6,500 a year. You know, Again, $6,500 a year back in the 50s and 60s uh, was, believe it or not, a, a working income. But it wasn't a lot. And from that, you know, raising five kids in Brooklyn and Queens, you learn a lot. And more importantly, you realize that everybody around you is experiencing the same level, economic level, as you are. And I think that's what made it so much special. You know, you ask people about the depression. What was the worst thing about the depression? Well, geez, we don't have any food sometimes, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people didn't even know they were in the depression because they were always poor, and everyone else was poor at the same time. Sometimes when you have a collective of, you know, experience like that, it's not as bad as you might expect it to be, especially when you're a young person. So, again, this comes back to one, th- one of several things, and I wanted to get a footnote back to Donald Trump. If you heard Brian Kilmeade's shows or show earlier, more and more people, including like uh, Britt Hume, are saying you know a lot of Republicans are afraid of of putting D- Donald Trump back in office again, or at least having him run in 2024 because they fear that he's not going to win. Now I'm going to sit here and say I just hope he can run and I hope he can win, but it's also something in my in the same brain where I th- where I come up with that conclusion and say out. this isn't going to happen. And then you look at the alternatives. And the first person that comes up is Ron DeSantis. All right, if it's not Ron DeSantis, what about uh, uh, Mike Pence? Oh, if it's not Mike Pence, who's going to be? Uh, Rick Scott from Arkansas. No, I No, don't, I don't know what it's going to be like, folks. But this whole thing that's, that's going on with the January 6th hearings, Britt Hume made a very, very valid point. It's like, you know, here it is, the Democrats are trying to destroy the, you know, the, 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 the return of, of uh, Donald Trump to the presidency. Where in reality, they should allow him to come back. Just like uh, uh, Dorsey and the people that run uh, you know, Twitter, which, by the way, I don't know what's going on with Twitter and the sale to Elon Musk, should, have, should rather have allowed uh, Donald Trump to get back on Twitter again. And here's the reason. Why? Because you just want to let him be who, who he is. People say, oh, he's going to be a different Donald Trump in the second time. around." Right? No, he's not. I saw him a couple of weeks ago. He was putting down a couple of Republicans like, you know, like he was in a schoolyard. It's, it was like a continuation of where he, was, where he was rather back when he was running in 2016 and 2020. He's never going to change. So Brit Hume and Kilmeade's uh, discussion today, albeit you know, probably not going to happen because this, the, the candidate of choice will clearly be Donald Trump. Yes, there will be a primary. Uh, Senator Scott said it today that uh, there's speculation he might run and Mike Pence, who knows what DeSantis has up his sleeve. But at the end of the day, it's going to be Donald Trump, you know, yelling at him, calling him, you know, small hands, bad lovers. Your wife's a whore. You know, something or other something is just going to, you know, it's just you can't change him. It's not going to happen. So I wonder, I really, truly wonder, you know, is it the right thing to look forward to a Donald Trump, you know, candidacy in 2024? And, and if not, who are, the, uh, who are the alternatives? Or is it gonna happen at all? I mean, it, if, 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 you know, if, you, if you jump into my brain, it, it's just never gonna happen. What happened in 2020? And of course, COVID-19 and variants and different reasons why mail-in balloting obviously will be the, cho- uh, the choice of the Democrats going forward. And once that continues, obviously, all types of stuff can happen. And I know that opens up another can of worms. So I don't wanna get into it. But I just can't see, in the end, I can't see Donald Trump running for president again. And if he does, I can't see him winning. So I guess it's, you know, four more years of Joe Biden. And uh, I guess that, you know, and if he, if he makes it, you know, because he's up there in age, he doesn't look too good sometimes, he doesn't sound too good, I would assume at that point Kamala Harris would take over and Pete Buttigieg would be uh, the vice president. That's the way, that's something to look forward to. So there you have it. Seven five five twelve forty is the number. Seven five five twelve forty is the number. It's twenty four minutes after the hour. It's getting hot outside. It's getting hot outside, real hot uh, and humid, and it's going to get worse apparently. Uh, if you're not into humidity, I had what five six days of cool weather to put air conditioners in, in my house, up on the second floor and the first floor. Did I do that when I should have? Nah, nah. Of course not. No, I'm the guy who buys an umbrella in a downfall triple the price because now I have no choice because I waited too long. So ultimately tonight or tomorrow I'll just get my lazy ass up and and, 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 and pick up a an air conditioner and, and try to get it in the window without killing myself or somebody else. There's two days in the year that I dread the mo- I don't want to call myself lazy. I look at taking the air conditioner, putting it in and taking it out. It's the worst day. Either that or putting the Christmas tree up. Because then you've got to find it you got to drag it up the stairs. you are got to fall over yourself. But worse, <laughs> I'm talking about the Christmas tree. The air conditioning, air conditioners rather, in themselves, are the most awkward things to carry up a flight of stairs and put into a window. The most difficult thing. Not to mention, inevitably, you, something's going to dig into your skin. You're going to be bleeding at the end of it. And then you're going to tilt it enough and find out that there's still water in it from the previous year. It's just a mess. I still can't believe to this day... There isn't a better way and a better, you know, or a lighter air conditioner. You know, you would think that you can get an air conditioner with, what, 25,000 BTUs that would be under 20 pounds. But, no, these things are like 100 pounds. And you got to lift them up like you Godzilla and, and try to, you know, get it in and shimmy it in. And, and then, of course, then you have to level it like you're on a playground. I was like, I can't believe there aren't fatalities every year when someone puts in an air conditioner or, worse, yeah, takes it out sometime in October. Hi, you're on the air.
0: Hello, Glenn. I hate to correct you, no, but correct. It's, it's far more sinister than you realize. It wouldn't be Pete Buttigieg. It would be Nancy Pelosi.
2: Well, yeah, if in the case uh, if, if there's a death. But I'm saying, like, you know, I think they're preparing for the worst and they're looking at the who they got. So I'm saying in 2024, if Biden doesn't run or in 2028, they're going to prepare us for Buttigieg and, uh, and uh, uh, Kamala Harris.
0: Roger. Okay, I thought you meant that uh, he was like third in line for.
2: No, season. no, no, no. I, I I know what you're saying. So, well, let's go over it right now. If, if God forbid the president did pass on, Kamala Harris would take it. But if Kamala Harris didn't, you would give it to the Speaker of the House then. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Uh, would that be a would that be an improvement in your eyes, or what? You said sinister.
0: <laughs> very very sinister. She. I, I don't know which one's more evil. Biden, Harris, or Pelosi—they're all equally as bad.
2: Well, who's more dangerous? Because let's face it—at this point, Biden is, doesn't know what day of the week it is. I think Pelosi's got an edge there, so she could be more diabolic in a sense where she knows what's going on. Biden doesn't. Uh, Biden's just there for the ride because no one else could take the task. Uh, you know, you know, when when everyone else ran in the primaries, he was the only one that was left standing. So he wins by default. But at the end of the day, I don't think he knows sometimes that he is president. So would would Pelosi be an improvement? I I, I think she, I agree with you, I think she'd be more damaging because she has a, a more, st- uh, I guess you could, sh- you could say a more sinister uh, agenda, that's for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, in my opinion, they're all pushing us to the same goal. It doesn't matter which one of them would be, they're all pushing us to the same goal of essentially destroying our economy in America.
2: And why, are they, why do they want to do that, in your, in your opinion?
0: Uh, they they think America's a bad place. They teach kids that, you know, white people are bad. Uh, America's a bad place. You know, things that happened well before you and I were born, and even when our parents were born, somehow we're still guilty of it. I mean, it's just ridiculous.
2: And do they do that because it's an opportunity for them to maintain and sustain power, or do they really mean that?
0: I think it's all about power. I, I think they they're indoctrinating the kids to... So, you know, listen, you and I are in our 50s. We understand the way of the world, but kids coming up, and I talked to some young teenagers and stuff about what's going on. They have no clue.
2: Right.
0: No clue. And, I, and when I was that age, I don't think I did either.
2: No, I know a lot of us didn't. I think we had a better understanding of things. Uh, social sure. studies w- helped me out quite a bit. History helped me out quite a bit. Uh, but, but, you know, when they have those man-in-the-street scenarios, uh, and you see enough of them to understand how ignorant we are, uh, the average American, doesn't matter if they're millennials or what, it could be our age, they really don't know anything. <laughs> And, you know, an ignorant society is, is very dangerous because they can be led down the, uh, down the rabbit hole. Uh, so, but, but I look at it this way. I just think that if, if a private sector business or corporation or industry had the ability to say, hey, I want your contract, Mr. XYZ business or contractor or, or federal government contract uh, because my opponents are racist. And, uh, and here's why. They're, they're xenophobes. Look what they did. One of them made fun of, of an Asian guy at a party. You should give me this contract because my competitors are xenophobes. You know, if, if that practice were allowable in the private sector, I think it would happen because, again, you could sustain contracts. You could build a business. You could have more profits. And I think it applies to, to, to the government because all you got to do is just yell, f- you know, oh, they're racist. And then people say, oh, you're right. And then they'll vote for you. And that's the way I well, see and- it.
0: Oh, you're you're right. When you when you talk to a liberal, that's they bring that up. Oh, they're always trying to shut you down. Oh, you're a racist. Right. I just and I just matter of factly say, and what evidence do you have of that?
2: Right. Uh, j- just because you you're, I, you're I, not agreeing. And then they
0: start stammering. I'm like, I'm still waiting.
2: Right. Right. And a lot of them feel compelled to to feel that way because of peer pressure. Not peer pressure. Mob mentality. It is mob mentality. Because when, yeah. you know, back in our day, you know, when you said, I've I've actually talked to some a couple people. One in particular, I won't say his name. Doesn't really matter. Who, after three seconds of meeting him, three seconds, said he was, would, would prefer to do bodily harm to the president of the United States. At the time, it was Donald Trump. Now, back in our day, if you said something, let's just say, you know, I don't want, Donald, I don't want Ronald Reagan. I, I wish Hinckley had his way and, and, you know, whatever. Even saying that back in 1981 would raise eyebrows and people would say, Glenn, shut the hell up. You can't talk that way. But today, people feel okay saying it because they know there's a lot of people on their side. And they know, of course, well. that Democrats and people in high places agree with them, too, because when Kavanaugh's uh, uh, alleged assassin showed up at his house last week, and when you know, the major press industry, uh, media outlets don't say anything about it, isn't that condoning that type of behavior? So it's really no different. It's like, oh, it's okay. Well, it's all right.
0: You're absolutely right, but I agree with you everything you just said. The only thing that my concern is you wait until they pass these red flag laws.
2: Right. Yeah, well, explain you explain the red t- uh, r- explain uh, that's something new we've been hearing about. Explain the red tag, uh, red flag flaws.
0: Okay, essentially it is someone has to make a statement about you that you're a danger to yourself or to someone else, but they have it has to be a sworn statement.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, because the way the law is and the slippery slope that they always go down to, I can say you, Glenn Curry. I heard you say something horrible. I believe you're a gun owner and right. you talked about doing something. Right right. as it is right now, they have to get a court order, mm-hmm. but as they abuse it, as they do all things,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it could just be your word against mine.
2: Right, right. And once that I word mean, gets I mean, out, if it's right or wrong, it's still damaging.
0: You know, and so so New York wants to pass an extra red flag law because they had a red flag law, and the kid, the the scumbag that killed those people in Buffalo yeah, yeah. should have been red flagged if there is a red It's, it's unconstitutional. Right. It, there's no doubt about it. Right. But he should have been on someone's radar before he, he murdered those people in Buffalo.
2: So, so Ben Shapiro, uh, who back in 2019 apparently said something, uh, he, he came up with a, with, a, with a scenario, hypothetical, and he says, well, if you're going to do that, then you've got to do one of two things. One of them was you better get a gun. And he said that because he said, well, that means that there's anarchy and that as a United States citizen, protect your property and your family and go get yourself a gun. And it was, uh, what's his name, Stalwell? Who's the congressman out there in California who said he should be red flagged for that?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: I and know. that was just reported last night on, on uh, Tucker. Sometimes Tucker uh, bothers me because he'll bring up something that happened years ago and he'll make, make it sound like it happened last week. In this case, it, it might have been, that might be an exception to the rule, but he does that a lot. But that's an example of the red flag laws that at least I've seen in recent days. That, uh, say, for instance, if the new FCC chairman, whoever they get, who's supposed to be Woody Allen's lookalike there, uh, she would raise questions about red flag people, about me, or about Ben Shapiro, or about anyone that was set over the airwaves that could come up with, oh, that's a reason for a red flag log, because that's provocation. They're provoking a, a public audience to do something wrong. So what what what's good for, what should have been used for a kid somewhere down in the southern tier that traveled four hours to kill people, uh, that red flag should have been found a long time ago, not to mention the kid in Evaldi, Texas. But instead, they're going to use that as opportunities to get those bad guys, hopefully, and pick on me and you, or me for that matter, for saying something that could be destructive in their eyes. So that's the new red flag laws. That's the new America we have. Can't wait.
0: Without, without question, you look to the left, going back to the, to the First World War, they passed the Sedition Act. Anything yeah. you said wrong against the war of the president, mm-hmm. you were held for an act of sedition. Hmm. I, I mean, the people on the left do not believe in free speech. Right. And go, going back to your Ben Shapiro comment, that is why the Second Amendment is the Second Amendment, to protect yourself against a tyrannical government, right. not to go hunt... You know, or whatever. Right,
2: right, and that's what he meant, and that's what he meant by it. But Stalwell, the guy that slept with a you know a a Chinese, uh, I was going to say fly uh, spy, uh, sees it differently. But you know what? And and again, because Congress is on his side, he can get the red flag laws. You know, he he, he can get that to happen. Uh, So let's just pray that in 2000, uh, rather in November, that changes. But we're not. By the way, for the record, there's no way we're going to win the Senate, in my opinion. There's no way. After seeing more and more about the 2,000 mules and what's happening with Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, he's just one example. It's going to be a tight balance as it is, based on the numbers going in. But uh, there's no way we're going to take the Senate. They're going to steal that well, too. You watch.
0: You said you, you said it earlier in your comments about mail-in voting. With mail-in voting, it is ripe for for cheating, and they and they did. Yeah. I mean, they showed they showed these people on video taking hundreds of ballots, right. ballot harvesting, taking them to the ballot box and then returning an hour later with another, you know, Five hundred, whatever. Right. They, they're going to cheat. They can, they cannot win on ideas, right. and the only way they can win is cheating.
2: Well, but here's the one thing that we should all remember that, that you know they have willing executioners, just like Hitler did. Not to make the comparison, no. it's a bad one. But Hitler had needed an army to comply with his beliefs, and what happened uh, in in uh, Atlanta which certainly would happen in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You can't do that by yourself. George Soros can't do that by himself. He had a lot of will, willing people to do that for him and um, well, you know that's
0: they all they all have one thing in common Hitler Soros all of them they're all on the left yeah. they believe in it, that we have no say so that they're somehow smarter than the rest of the world, and right. they can make decisions right. that only they know how to. It's like, it's like they're going right now. We're going to destroy America. We're going to have shortages of everything, right. but reelect us again because only we can fix what we created. Right,
2: right. Like, exactly. wait,
0: right. Wait, wait, what? Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, and by the way, if you don't elect us, uh, you're going to have a racist back in the, in the White House. Uh, plus, <laughs> plus, they're going to tell you what to do with your body when you get, when you get pregnant. So you don't want that. What about $10 gas? No, no, no. That, that's not as important. Remember the sacrifice. Remember the sacrifice. Well, great call. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, thank See you. Yeah. And I've got to do a break because I've been rambling. I'm a rambling man. Uh, let's hear from Lee Zeldin. And other people right here will be back. Under Cuomo and... Thank you. welcome ah, back. Yeah. Tip tip dip day. Good call. Thank you very much, whoever that was. Talking politics. I'm sure some people are going crazy listening to us. But, you know, AM 1240 is fair and balanced. That's that's another reason why I don't understand the view. A- anyone that's supposedly, you know, anyone sitting in uh, Megan McCain's chair, you know, on the right-hand side, they're supposed to represent the right. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but she's on the right-hand side of the desk. Whoopi is over to the left. Angry woman. Uh, Joy Behar is in the middle, the blonde, the cute blonde that no one knows her name, no one cares, so, like the talking cute girl or whatever, cheerleader, or whatever, and Sarah Haynes, and of course uh, Sonny Houston. The angry, angry African-American woman, just angry woman. So, you know, when I was talking to that guy earlier, I, it, it's true, I mean, I, 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 again, am I happy with Joe Biden? Was I happy with uh, President Barack Obama? No, I, I, you know, I I, was I happy when the Rangers lost Saturday night? And I'm not even a hockey fan. I wasn't happy. It happens. You get what you get. You move on, right? You don't punch someone in the face. Oh, better yet, you don't tear them apart. But the mob mentality that took over once, once, once Trump came down that escalator in June of 2015, you know, it was seven years ago this year, this month rather, he came down that escalator. Started talking about John McCain. Started talking about those bad hombres coming over the border. And I was like, oh, my God, this, this political career is over before it started. And, and I was mistaken. I was mistaken. But the, from that point going forward, you know, it, was, it was open season for anyone to, to badmouth you know, anybody, especially you know, uh, Donald Trump or anyone that supported Donald Trump. And I think it was the beginning of reverse dis- discrimination in the world, whereas we always look at, you know oh, it's the white people. You know, they're the racists. But then we started seeing reverse racism. Unfortunately, though, we didn't see it from people of color. Say what you want about BLM and you know the joy reads of the world, but we saw a lot of hatred come from from white people. We just couldn't stand him. So one day I met up with someone, you know, not important where, uh, but you know, working class guy. You know, he looked gruff. He looked like a Trump supporter. And, the, you know, the conversation came up. He said, oh, I Oh, jeez, I wish I could take my shotgun. I'm like, oh, my God, I just met this guy. So, like I was stating before, if you said that, you know, back in the day, people would like, really, I don't know if anyone would call the FBI. We weren't that tight back then. But you just didn't say it. But you say it now because, you know, a lot of people agree with you. That's the mob mentality. That's, the, and that's the same thing. You know, here it is, you know, the, uh, people are blaming uh, uh, Mr. Kavanaugh for, for the leak and changing Roe versus Wade. And yet, a man, a crazed man, shows up with a you know uh, some type of uh, p- package of that has knives and uh, zip ties and all these things, and it's like, w- wait a minute, y- you're a dude, and you're here to take on Kavanaugh because you don't like. You, you know, apparently, you're blaming him for the for the leak and the and the reverse, the potential p- reversal of Roe versus Wade, and and yet you you can't bear children despite what the left says to us. These why would this incite you? Why? I can see when people get upset when, like, when someone says, oh, the National League is going to have the DH starting next year. Not that they go off and want to kill someone, but I can see them getting upset with that because they're baseball fans. Why, as a man, would you be upset with the fact that, you know, that upset where you felt compelled to kill someone because that's not your body, you're a man. It just goes to show it's, it's provocation. They just want to test us. They want to make things uncomfortable for us. So when some maniac goes into a school in Ovaldi or, or, or a shopping st- uh, center in Buffalo, that's their opportunity to say, you see, I told you. Look at you. You're all crazy. You're all Trump fans. You all love your guns. Well, let me tell you something. I'm a Trump fan, and yes, I am a conservative, but I don't own a gun, and I for one, I don't like the fact that you could buy a gun so easily. And it ends there, trust me. But they look at it like, you know, you're all the same. And that, again, if you just disappear tomorrow, it would be the best thing that can happen to our country. So while I, I don't like the fact that Joe Biden's my president, and I didn't like over the years other, other guys being president of the United States, I, I certainly didn't you know, think about you know, horrible things happening to them. That's the difference. I, and again, I talk to conservatives all the time. I have conservative friends. The people listening right now, I think, are very you know, even-keeled people. You know, they're not happy with with what, you know, $6 gas or the potential of it going higher. But they're not going to, you know, like start talking crazy about the president like so many other people did under Trump when we had $2 gas. They were still pissed off at him. It's amazing. Just think of it. If Donald Trump were president right now and gas was up to where it is right now and, and all this bedlam going on right now, of course they would blame him. But Joy Behar said, no, it has nothing to do with the president of the United States. Jim Levin says, no, the president has no bearing on the price of gas. So should we believe Jim for I don't want to start things here as, as I speak, but that's the chatter. That's how they push it. And because of ignorance in America, you know, their side will just accept it. Oh, Putin started this. You know, who's Putin anyway? Doesn't he run? Isn't he in Africa? You know, they don't even know where he's from. But they hear, oh, no, this is Putin's economy. Because he's, you know, he's a white guy starting a war in another white country. That's the reason why you're paying $6 gas. That's the reason. Oh, okay. All right, I'll believe that. I'll believe that. That's the, people aren't believing that. Trust me. People are believing that. Let's go to the phones. You're on the air. Hey, Glenn. How's it going today? It's Lefty. Long time no speaking.
3: You know, I, I'm a little upset today because uh, the belt on my uh, zero turn came off.
2: Uh-oh. But and Now you got to do it I don't the old-fashioned way.
3: I don't, I don't want to kill anyone over it.
2: No, of course not.
3: People no. get over. People get overstressed over the littlest things because in society we have enabled them to. True. We're a big side of enablers, and it's getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. You just can't enable things. Sometimes you just got to tell people, like, yeah, you you don't get to have the best health insurance if you don't work hard. Right. You right. don't get to have the best food if you don't work hard. mm mm-hmm. You right. know, it's just one of those things where you've got to really, uh, you know push hard. And that's the way that you get ahead in life. You got to push hard all the time. You don't get to get all the sleep that you want and get all the stuff that you want. It just doesn't work that way. They don't go hand in hand. Well, we've made that society look to where we just enable people to have everything they want by putting their hands out. And a lot of time the loudest, you know, person gets what they want. Right. You know, as they say the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Right. That's pretty much what it is.
2: Right or or even so look what's going on in our penal system in our in our criminal system where you know people commit uh, you know horrible crimes and, and get off you know what is that what what kind of message is that and i, I, well, I even
3: just on a on a local level you look at look what's going on in carthage yeah. you got a a pedophile who right. was who ex, was exposed himself to a child in carthage
2: right no it's awful
3: because they're they're putting him up next to a playground we don't have any common sense here well. you know we shouldn't be putting up pedophiles in hotels to begin with. Here, here's the way it is. If you have to be homeless mm-hmm. because you just don't want to work and you're a pervert and you can't do that, you're going to be homeless. I mean, we don't need to be That's work, but, up but, but Lefty,
2: that's worse. You can't let someone who's got such a, you know, past. No, you a, a, a
3: see, that's where it gets back to. We're, we're the only nation, the only nation that has people like Samantha in it, where we put people that can't afford to live on their own in their own residence be alone. No, you have like a large galley where people live amongst other people and you share a room or you, you do whatever. You don't necessarily get a whole apartment to yourself when you can't afford to. So what's
2: so what, the way we do so, we, we but give let me, people let me, let me ask you though. What do you do and, and this this question's come up. I remember when Channel Fifty had their own news department, they try to be so yeah you know, like so important, so relevant. So whenever someone got out of jail with, with uh, uh, any type of, like, uh, sexual uh, conviction against them and that there are two at level three or level four, whichever, and then they're let out of jail, and, oh, look, they're living on the north side. Let's do an interview. Let's let's find out, you know, what, uh, do, do, you know do you know that your neighbor is... So I, I just, and I, I know it's terrible, and I, I don't want that person to live near you. I don't want them near the kids. Uh, I don't want them near... But here's the question, Lefty. Where do you put them? Where do you put them?
3: Well, you know, I, I hate to put it this drastic, but a person like that is never rehabilitated because they have a sincere sickness.
2: So you, what are you going to do, take him down like a dog, like a, like an old dog? Is that what you want to do?
3: At at, at at one point, you have to have a three-strike rule like you do with any type of felony. And you just, like, you, you incarcerate them forever because we just, they can no longer be a burden in society because right. they don't have the right, right to be a burden in society, especially when it involves children. Now, back to that crazy guy in Carthage. Yeah. He, you know, he gets let out immediately after he does that, and he gets a very, very small slap on the wrist. And we see he'd already done the same thing in Watertown a couple times. But wow. then when he gets out, what do you do? He goes over to the mayor's house and harasses him and his wife. Wow. You know, yeah. if that guy just disappeared, nobody would be complaining about it. Right, you know, it's, it's right. an awful thing to say, but there yeah, know. some people in life right. that you just cannot right. help. Right. You can't. And that's the problem we've we've created in this prison system is that We've given the the notion that we're rehabilitating people instead of punishing people. People need punishment, and it gets to the point where it's like, look, here's the way this works. You know, if you have a, a, a yeah, what do you want to say? A, a pedophile personality or right. a pedophile?
2: It's continue? in your blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah,
3: need, yeah, yeah. You know, then you're a sexual no predator. Deal with you.
2: Right. Right.
3: You know, what do you do? You acid? Is acid the way? I mean, are we going to burn off the problem so they don't have that Well, I know, that
2: years so ago they talked about it. chemical castration or physical castration, and I don't know if that would do any better. Uh, you know, the ACLU jumped on that and said, you can't do that. And I think it would just make them angry. It's like taking, you know, claws away from a tiger. He's just going to bite you to death. You know, it's just go- it's going to make things worse. So, But I think I, you're I, I right. I think, I think I, I, think think lifetime, I, think, uh, I lifetime sentences I, is the I, I answer. Don't.
3: Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. It's like we're handy and combs we're agreeing on the same subject. Exactly. There's no, there's no answer, on, answer on that, but that's like uh, uh, the worst-case scenario where there isn't much of a punishment for anything that you're doing now. There's no bail. There's nothing. And you're allowed to just go on with life as though you're there. It used to be, like, here would be the punishment, like, if, say, you were a pedophile and you got caught. Right. Doesn't matter what they gave you for punishment. You were caught. Your name was in the paper. Right, that. Right. now, this guy, this guy didn't care.
2: Right. This right. He went care. to the mayor's if house. It's you, awful.
3: Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have, you know, the responsibility in you to, you know, say like, oh, hey, I'm embarrassed or I'm yeah. whatever. And don't get me wrong, there right. is that percentage of people that it was a mistake, yeah, whatever. Sure. But not much. Right. I mean, right. I, I, I know a case where it is. Well, if that was a mistake. You ruined right. someone's life. Right. You always see it. Uh, there was always some. Or no, something but but so
2: a pedophile you. exposing himself to children obviously is a crazed person and not right for society. We know that. Uh, no, any no, any sexual that, assault that is bad, that, but, but that's that really bad.
3: That person doesn't deserve to be, uh, you know, given a second chance more than once. Right. That's it. You know, it's like you're doing it. That's that's who you are, and that person right there. You know, they can't exist. You know, I I tell you,
2: I mean, you're talking actually, you're talking about something called street justice, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go, and then i got to cut for a break, but about five years ago, a beautiful jogger in in, uh, Howard Beach, Queens, the most Italian-Irish neighborhood I've ever seen in my life, other than Woodhaven, at least, Uh, they had this beautiful woman running by the same route again and again and again. She ran towards uh, Jamaica Bay, which was a crappy part of Queens, and uh, some vagrant killed her. Now, they know exactly that it was someone from that, that patch of grass or, or, or weeds where these homeless people live. They knew it came from there. And, and when I heard the story and I heard who did it, I said, my God, in my day, that, that whole place would have been burned down. They would have not only killed the guy who killed her, they would have killed everyone near him. And, yet that, and not that that makes it right, Mike. That it doesn't make that right. But at the same time... That's the way it was, but we've gotten so soft where now a guy gets away these days exposing himself at least three times and then has the opportunity to go to the mayor's house and chastise him and his family? What the hell's going on here? That's yeah, terrible.
3: You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you don't, know Mayor
2: Berto, though. You're yeah, I know. I know nice Scott. Guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He doesn't he's deserve that. guy. It's a, it's,
3: what's that? He no, doesn't no, th- of course not. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you live in a small society like this, you run into the mayor... Yeah or whoever, you run into police that, you, you know, at the supermarket. That's right, the course. way that is. You yeah. run into people like that. There's good sides to that, and there's the bad sides of that, but you also run into the, you know, the dregs of life. Right. They're going to, you know, they're going to be on the way to some place that you're going, you're going to go into them, right. and now you got to be careful of who you're, you know, basically who you're making mad right. because you have to think, right? well, right. you know, this person, nothing's going to be done to them right. if they come over. And, right. you know, these crazy people, it has nothing to do with guns. You know, these crazy people can make a pipe bomb. They right. can do whatever. Right. It's just that that access makes it a little simpler. It so does.
2: And they have nothing to lose. Harder. They have nothing to lose. No, they
3: have nothing to lose. And the only thing by changing any gun laws whatsoever is you're getting that one out of the millionth person that outside of, what they're doing right that moment—they right. never had any other crime exactly. behind them. Because criminals are going to be the ones that aren't going to abide by the yeah, laws sure. anyway.
2: Exactly. Very good so
3: point, Glenn. There's no no answer to this, but now, you have uh, a great day and try to enjoy some outside your day.
2: All bye right, bye thanks. That's the that's, uh, the, uh, that's Lefty here on the Live at Five. So we got to do a break for Congress. You ever notice? I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. Whenever there's a political ad, it's always a guy with a voice like that. Claudia Tenny, raise the Marine. I mean, all all great qualifications, but why is it? Always, why can't you get a female talking about a female, or a female talking about a male? It's always some gruffy guy. Lee Zeldin. Andrew Giuliani, Claudia Tenney—it's the same guy. It's like there's a farm of uh, you know voiceover guys, you know, being bred to talk just to do political ads. It's like you know, feed them feed him more coffee or something, let them smoke cigarettes for their whole life to get that voice quality. It just sounds like they have throat cancer in most, most cases. So you know, if someone like Glenn Curry said, "Hey, let's uh, let's see what this guy. Let's get this voice over." There. Nah, 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 nah. To New York to begin with.
1: All right, let's go to the phone. You're on the air. Hey, uh, I wanted to tell you uh, whose fault is it for those uh, gas prices, out there?
2: Yeah, whose fault? Oh yeah, whose fault is that?
1: Yeah, it's the Department of Social Services. Because here's a story for you. They placed those guys out there. They placed a young 19-year-old female out there that's mentally challenged out in the midst of those guys because they don't care. At the same facility, that's what they did. Right here, Jefferson County Social Services did it. Once the news broke on the air that those people were out there I went and got collection and took that girl out of there and got her a different hotel room where it was safe here in Watertown because she was a homeless girl. Wait for to, for her apartment to open up. Right. So there you go. You talk about callous. There's callus from the Jefferson County Social Services that put a young girl right in the midst of there. They don't care. Well, I mean, I remember,
2: a, yeah. I, again, I, I just, is it one, is it just, uh, uh, did someone, over? Did, was there an oversight here? I mean, did someone like, uh-oh, we, we made a mistake, or is this go on all the time?
1: No, it's not a mistake. I talked to the director of social services, and uh, while well, we had to put them someplace, there's no other place. Right. I said, you couldn't think outside the box and put a mail out there. That's not a uh, predator,
2: right?
1: Right. You see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I know. I know. What you you you're know saying.
1: that they're a predator moving some other freaking place, right. not with a female out there right. or by a playground. Right. Put them out in the middle of nowhere on 37. Right. You
2: know. Yeah. Huh? No, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you.
1: Yeah, and somebody bought them. Uh, somebody bought her a pizza and left it at the desk.
2: Was that a lure? Was, was that was, was that a ploy to get her out of the room? Is that was that what that was all about? What do you mean?
1: Well, I, I, I would think so. She called us. We said, "Do not leave your room." Yeah, right. We're coming to get you. Wow. You know. Yeah. And so, uh, the other thing I would ask Jim, ask him what Joe Biden has done. If he hasn't done anything,
2: he, uh, hasn't he, him, done he that he'd give me a litany of things, and you and I wouldn't yeah, agree with him, yeah. but he would give me a litany. Oh, we got plenty more jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Well here's the other thing too I wanted to bring up. Why do you think they cut the uh the uh whatever uh the uh couple seconds investigation yeah, uh, a day short. They don't have enough
2: evidence, or what? Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. I think they felt like they, you know, we, we have enough, and yet, you know, the uh, uh, the Johnny Depp trial went a lot longer than the January sixth trial uh, hearings. So yeah, you, maybe yeah. there's something. That, uh, but I got to go. Great call. Thank you, my friend. Thank All you for right. the very I'll, I'll talk to you. Uh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Good call. Good calls today, as always. And uh, and I guess Jeff Graham's going to be back on tomorrow, so I don't need to invite him on here. AM twelve forty W eight ten Water makes this legal up next. CBS News. See you
3: tomorrow news on the hour.